thanks for tuning in. We've been in a series called What to Do on the Worst Day of Your Life. And I gotta say, uh, my dog has been struggling handling this season. I, I feel like there's been a few horrible days for him. He is so filled with energy and runs around the house like crazy. I wonder, do any of you guys have cats, dogs, kids out there? Do you do you guys have cats, dogs, gerbils, turtles? How are they surviving um, being at home? It's been crazy. Um, I hope you guys are, are well. Um, we've been in this series, and it really is looking at the story of David, uh, of how God has take, taken him on the worst day of his life where he lost everything, uh, his family, his home, his community. Uh, and God told him and his men to go after their lost families uh, to have victory. And today we're actually finishing the story. This is chapter four, and it's called The Gifts of Victory. Let's pick up in verse 21. It says, Then David returned to the brook of Bazor and met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. These are the men who abandoned David and the other 400. They abandoned their mission. They went out to meet David and his men after their victory and greeted them joyfully because they saw that they had won. They saw that they had won back all of their families. In verse 22, it says, but some evil troublemakers among David's men said, they didn't go with us so they can't have any of the plunder we've recovered. I mean, you can relate a little bit. Like, we did the hard work. They abandoned us when we needed them most. Like, where were they when we were going through the fire? You can understand a little bit of the justice part there. They didn't want to give them anything except their families. Give them their wives and their children and tell them to be gone. Like, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. Uh, the troublemakers kind of sound like pretty honest, upset, fair people maybe to some of us, uh, but they, they kind of demonstrate that they don't understand the grace of God. I, I, I love looking at David's example. He really, I think, exemplifies someone who understands God's grace. Verse 23 says, but David said, no, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given to us. You notice the language there. He doesn't say, don't, don't be selfish with what we have won. He says, don't be selfish with, the, with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Because David remembers God's promise. God said we should go after him and that we'll have victory and recovery. This is God's victory. This is God's recovery. In verse 24, he says, who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike. Isn't that a, a cool phrase? If you ever wondered where that term came from, it's from the Bible. We share and share alike. Those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. So he, he kind of says they were guarding the equipment. Were they really? David's being pretty generous uh, in his assessment of these guys who are really deserters. But from then on, David made a decree and a regulation for Israel, all of his community, and said, and it is still followed today. So obviously, uh, today's a little bit different day, but it was followed for years um, by David's people. The, the guys who guarded the equipment, um, which is a little bit of a, a makeup word for some uh, deserters, they get the grace of God poured out on them. David is gracious to them. Um, and I, I don't know if you've ever been a place where you've won a victory, you've earned something and someone who doesn't deserve it. And you're like, I don't want to give them anything. But have you ever been in the, in the opposite position where you didn't help or you gave up, you abandoned, you disagreed, you bailed and the people you bailed on still included you in the victory, in the grace of God. It's hard to be gracious 
uh, with people who, you know, sometimes don't deserve that grace. But that's the nature of grace. I think there is a place sometimes to say, hey, uh, you abandoned us when we needed you most, or like, where were you when we were going through the fire? I think those those conversations can and should happen because we want to have grace and truth, but it's still within the context of grace. I, I want to go through a few thoughts about this. The first one is show grace even when other people don't show grace. David uh, exemplifies this. He shows grace to the men who stayed behind. He even shows grace to the ones who are wanting to withhold. He explains. He he helps them understand, like, look at this. This victory is really God's. Everything we have, everything we own is a gift from him. And so if we're living in the grace of God, why would we withhold other people from the grace of God? So show grace even when other people don't show grace. Um, the next thing is David's victory became their victory. God shares his victory with David, and David shares his victory with others. It's just this outpouring of grace. And um, sometimes we can think of ourselves like David and the 400, like we're going to get the victory spiritually, financially, uh, physically. We're, we're going to be the we're going to be the victors. And sometimes that can feel like it's the case, but I think very often. We're less like the 400 courageous men. We're much less like David, and we're a lot more like the 200 who stayed behind. I mean, I, I imagine many of us can re- remember times in our life where we really failed or bailed. And we have to remember that Jesus is the one who gives us the victory. He's the greater David. He's a leader that foreshadows the the real king, Jesus. And um, Jesus shared his victory with us. Jesus' victory becomes our victory. What looked like a a loss, a cosmic loss on the cross, was actually the victory of God. Over uh, his head, Jesus had a statement, King of the Jews, to mock him, when in reality, Jesus was displaying the splendor and love and power of God, how God transforms the the world through love in, in his son, Jesus. And Jesus became king on the cross. And Jesus' victory becomes our victory, eternal life, uh, a life of grace and love, a life in the kingdom of God is ours because of Jesus. Uh, I just think that's so incredible. And the vision of Whitewater is is to do spiritual battle for the hearts and lives of people. We're not fighting flesh and blood. Um, we're, we're not pitting people against people, which is, is really just cosmic victims uh, fighting against each other, which is spiritual darkness pulling the strings like pup ma- puppet masters. The reality is we at Whitewater are fighting for the hearts and minds and lives of real people. So we want to reach people in Puyallup, Bonnie Lake, um, Tacoma, Ording, um, Sumner. We just want to do our best to reach uh, Pierce County for Christ and help other churches do that. We're all on the same team. We might be in different bunkers, but we're on the same team. The enemy isn't other churches. It's not other Christians. The enemy is the world, the flesh, and the devil. The Bible teaches us that, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Jesus has won victory over that. Uh, In verse 26, it, it says this, when he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Here's a present for you taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. He was even generous to people he didn't need to be generous with. He just poured out blessing and thankfulness to the victory God had given him. Now remember Ziklag, the wonderful town name of Ziklag, which I hope someday we have a kid running around Whitewater with the name Ziklag. That would be pretty awesome. Um, 
Remember that Ziklag was the town between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. Bethlehem is where David was anointed king when he was around 15 years old, and Jerusalem was where he was coronated as actual king when he was an adult. And Ziklag was the place in between. It's the place of becoming who we were born to be. And it's the place of prophecy and destiny. King Saul, check this out, to give context, after David's victory and bringing his families and all the plunder back to his hometown, three days later, King Saul died and the throne was handed to David. He had no clue what would happen after he went and pursued and gained his family back. He didn't know he was going to be king. He didn't know how, how things were going to transpire. Just like you and me don't know the future, we didn't know um, that, that COVID-19 was going to hit. Nobody knew that was going to hit. We don't know when the great things and the really bad things are going to hit. But in this moment, uh, David is given the kingdom three days after his victory. And I want to note, note a few key things. Um, the first is he had to wait 15 years from his anointing as king to his coronation as king. 15 years waiting in training, train, training in the, in the field with the sheep, training in slaying giants, training as a general, training as someone on the run, learning to walk with God. And David had no clue what he was about to be given by God. So generosity with God's blessing helps us work through our dark times. I think this is really important. David doesn't forget about generosity and grace. He, he actually utilizes those as a stronghold for his faith. He gives when everybody else wants to withhold. He's uh, gracious when everybody wants to shun and exclude. I just think that's so important for us as leaders and parents to remember grace and generosity, especially in the dark times when people are hoarding toilet paper, when people are fighting over silly things at supermarkets, when we're fretting and fighting, like we can be people, the people who follow Jesus, we can be people of generosity and grace. Amen? And here's the other reality. Um, David learns from some of the most painful experiences, and God uses those for the good of the kingdom, for the good of others. God never wastes a hurt. David gave what he had been given and gained what could not be bought. Like he gave what the Lord had given him, his victory. But then the Lord gave him the kingdom, which was something that that couldn't be bought. He could never afford that. He could never just purchase that. That had to be given. And I just think that's so important for us to remember that we need to learn to give um, what we have. And there's there's something like the Bible talks about Jesus teaches treasures in heaven. Uh, this idea that there's there's something to living a life in the kingdom where we're not storing up treasure here, but we're storing up treasure and character that's going to be acknowledged in heaven. Uh, the next point is share your victory. I mean, that might seem simple, but share your victory or share your victories, little victories, big victories. Um, but point to others, give credit to others. Let's let's include as many people in the victory as possible. I mean, we're in a world right now that people are wanting to feel like they're winning and everyone's feeling like they're losing. Let's include people in every victory we can. I mean, that's what Jesus did. 
Um, the next thing that I think is really important is we need to act like a king before we become the king. You see that with David. He was acting like a king. He was generous like a king should be. He was um, gracious like a king should be. He was courageous like a king should be. He was a worshiper like a king should be. He was demonstrating all the things that the kingdom needed when the kingdom had a king who wasn't doing any of those things. He was selfish, greedy. He was um, self-absorbed. He was stingy. Saul was not a good king. And David was acting like a king before he actually became king. Sometimes um, the best leaders I know, um, they are demonstrating their leadership before they're demanding that they have leadership. Some of the most immature leaders I know are demanding that they're given status, demanding that they're given leadership, demanding, demanding, but they're never demonstrating or rarely demonstrating. One of the most important aspects of being a leader that I look for and that I admire in other people is that they are demonstrating leadership. They're acting like a king before they are um, I just think that's so important. I have a, I have a friend named um, Bishop Julius Laga. He's a pastor of a church in the middle of the city in uh, Freetown, Sierra Leone. And um, Bishop Julius was telling me uh, when he first got started, he was just a street preacher. Uh, he didn't have a church. He started a little church. They didn't have a place. And in the middle of trying to get his church plant started, uh, the Civil War broke out. He said there was carpet bombing, there was uh, all kinds of uh, just craziness, violence going on, so much fear. And he decided, he made a decision in the middle of it when a lot of people were running, and he, he even said he understood it, and it made sense for a lot of people to run and flee to other places and countries. But he felt the Lord say to him, stay. And so he stayed. And he garnered respect after staying through the war. He's, when the Ebola crisis hit, when that pandemic hit West Africa and Sierra Leone in, in specific, again, he felt the Lord say, stay. So he stayed in one of the most troubling times you can imagine. We're going through a pandemic right now. Um, this is a man who stayed. He was wise, but he was also brave. And it garnered the respect of people. I think it's such an amazing reality that, that um, Bishop Julius was acting like a, a pastor to the city before he was even seen as a pastor to the city. And eventually people recognized the king that was already in him. And I want to encourage you with whatever calling you have, with whatever gifting you have, um, make sure that the, that the, the toughest days you go through, like maybe the worst day of your life could actually be something that's training you to be who you were born to be. Now, we believe everybody is on a spiritual journey doesn't matter where you've been, what you're going through. The most important thing is where you're headed. And God, again, is with us. He's for us. And he's wanting to lead us. And so I think there are three really important steps of faith uh, that you could, you could take today. And here's what they are. Explore, trust, and follow. And this is simply describing where many of us might be on our journey. Um, exploring faith. Uh, this is where we can question and we can kind of kick the tires of, of the way of Jesus. Um, and that's a, that's a, a, a great step is exploration of faith. The, the second step is trusting Jesus. It's, it's learning to trust Jesus for our freedom and our healing and our forgiveness in our life. And then the third step of faith uh, might be following Jesus. Just learning to see and surrender control in your life to Jesus. I want to encourage you today to take a step of faith.
it doesn't matter which step of faith, every step matters to God. And, and so maybe it's a step of exploring, it's a, maybe a step of trusting, maybe it's a step of following. But would you pray this prayer and, and pray the aspect of this prayer that, that matters to you, that, that resonates with you. But why don't you, you can close your eyes if you want, you can keep them open too, but just quiet your heart and, and take a moment to pray this from your heart, out loud or just in the quiet of your, your mind and heart. Pray with me. God, help me to find you as I explore faith. I trust you, Jesus, for freedom, healing, and forgiveness. Help me to see and surrender control of my life as I learn to follow you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your guidance and love in my life. Amen. If you took a step of faith today, uh, every step of faith matters to God. And if that was you, um, I just want to encourage you. Let us know by by following us on Facebook or or Instagram, and 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 send us a comment, send us a message, um, just sharing with us maybe a need you might have, questions you have, because we want to help, and we're on the journey with you, guys. I love you so much.